Welcome back to another episode of Trades Talk. Maggie Wymore here with my co-host, Justin White. Justin, how are you doing today? I am great. We're back with another episode, another week, and more great knowledge. Maggie, who do we have today? What are we going to get into? Today we have Richard Ogawa with Toa and Gardenland. And Richard was um, an exhibitor at the London Landscape Technology Conference a few months back was when we first came across him. Well, I first came across him. Justin's known him for a little bit. And he, Toa is innovating the way that we do electric powered equipment. So the Toa offering is unique and making things very easy for companies to adapt their gas powered equipment into electric equipment. And it's really exciting, some of the stuff we talked about, Justin. What what was your takeaways conversation? I've known Richard for a while just because we were in the same area, the Bay Area of California. And the unique thing about Richard is he has had to deal with this electric battery-powered equipment in the landscape industry for a, over a decade now because Google, Apple, and other tech com- campuses have requested all battery-powered landscape tools. Him being close and in this Bay Area, he has provided solutions and continuously innovated on his solutions. So he's not brand new to the electric game. He's been doing it, probably one of the original people to offer that. Through that process, he's learned a lot. He's learned a lot about the upfront cost, the ability to charge batteries, how many batteries you need. And he also gives a little bit of insight into this whole January 1st, 2024, California mandate or ban on gas-powered equipment that we should all think about because whether or not you live in California, this trend is continuously moving throughout the United States. And it's not something I think is going to go away. So Richard gives us a bunch of information and strategies really to roll our fleets out from gas to electric. It's something that I wasn't super familiar with exactly the details of the mandate, but the information that he shared is very eye-opening because we all know that California is just one of many states that are going to adapt a similar mandate. And this idea of not only business owners, but crews in the field embracing the idea of switching from gas to battery powered uh, equipment, you know, there's pros and cons both ways. And Richard will speak to those, you know, the, the sound and being able to get out there earlier and use a blower next to somebody's house, but then also just the cost and the mobile power and charging difficulties people face. So definitely pros and cons to both, but it's it's coming and we, we aren't going to stop this train from coming. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're a company owner, an employee, or even in the government sector, like schools, parks, recreation, this episode is going to give you a lot of strategies on how to help your team roll this new equipment out. And if you're an owner and you're all in for electric equipment, but you're having trouble buying in, uh, with your company, your employees, your clients, even uh, this episode is going to give you a lot of takeaways on how to move the needle a little bit more and maybe make it easier on your team and your clients as you transition into electric equipment. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's jump in. All right, folks, welcome back. We're here with Richard today. Richard, welcome to the podcast. You want to give our listeners a little background about who you are and and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the time today, guys. I'm happy to be part of your program here. Uh, My name is Richard Ogawa. I'm the CEO and owner of Gardenland Power Equipment. 
Uh, it's an outdoor power equipment dealership that we've been around since 1960 on the second generation. And then about two or three years ago, started another company called Toa Industries, which really focuses on providing universal power solutions to really help in the transition from going from gas to battery, um, particularly in our OPE industry. Well, we're excited to dig into some of that new technology you're introducing to our industry, yeah. whether it's you're kind of the pipeline or the conduit from the manufacturers to the contractors when we talk about battery powered equipment. But give us a little more background about Toa. It's a newer company, as you said, and it's disrupting our market in a great way. Can you tell the listeners just a little bit more about maybe how that idea came to be and why you felt the need to go out and start a business around it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, and Gardenland's been around since 1916. About 12 years ago, um, we started dealing with customers like Facebook, Google, Apple, uh, a lot of the tech companies in the Silicon Valley, and they were telling us, we don't want any gas on our campuses. So at back then, there was nothing available, especially in a commercial type application um, that was available to kind of address those needs. Um, so in that period of time, we really had to work with certain manufacturers to kind of come up with commercial scalable products that can work in the commercial market. And about three years ago, we started Toa Industries, which was really focused on addressing some of the biggest challenges that we saw when you convert from gas to battery. Um, and a lot of those big challenges were wrapped around the high cost of converting to the just the lack of charging or the inability to charge at a, a big scale. And then three was just the mobility of power, having power available, you know, wherever you are on your job site and the lack of that power. Um, so that really helped us kind of spawn and, and really create TOA Industries to really focus on those types of solutions. So what are some ways that like TOA is helping solve those three things? So you mentioned those three issues that people face. What are some ways that you guys are helping solving those issues? So on the cost side, um, because typically what we see is get to can go from gas tools to battery tools, you're looking at anywhere from a, a 3X to a 5X cost increase uh, to replace that equivalent gas product. So one of our product um, is called our universal power head, and it's literally a uh, wide range voltage power head that you can essentially take any two cycle engine uh, on any shafted tool like a line trimmer, extended hedge trimmer, pole pruner, anything with that two cycle engine, just slide it off. And then you can put our universal power head on it. That's 100 percent battery. Um, and we come we have eight adapters available. And that eight adapters will adapt to about 90% of the different brands that are out there in the market. So you su simply just remove your gas engine, your two cycle engine. We started there because that's the most dirtiest engine, right? With the most emissions, people mix the fuel wrong. Uh, and those and having the gas fumes in your face all the time, we figured that was the, the most effective tool to change and convert. So our universal powerhead would just remove it. You put an adapter on it for the brand and it immediately converted your tool about 30% cheaper than when, or actually 40% cheaper than if you had just replaced the whole tool with your, with a battery product. And the second item that we have is called our PDM, which is a power distribution manager. And what that does is it allows you to take your current infrastructure and maximize the watt, the amperage out of your circuit, right? So today, if you're having to charge a couple of batteries, it's no real big deal. But if you go from, you know, a handful of batteries to now over a hundred batteries that you got to charge, you're going to blow circuits left and right, 
right? And you're not going to have enough circuits to charge all those batteries, right? Most chargers take five, six amps to charge. Uh, and you imagine you can only take three, run three at a time. And imagine how long that would take if you had to charge all those batteries, how many times you'd have to rotate them all throughout the night, let alone you'd have to add all these dedicated 20 amp circuits in your business to help support charging all these new chargers, right? And batteries. And what yeah. our device does is you just plug it right into one outlet. It has four outlets on it and you can stack it as high as you want. So depending on how many outlets you need, you can add and then as many outlets as you need and it will manage that one circuit so you never blow a circuit. So the beauty of that is you don't have to overbuild your infrastructure, right? Like imagine all you guys, and Justin, you probably could attest this, all your landscapers come out to the end of the day, say 3.30, 4 o'clock, and they're all, imagine them all coming into your yard and plugging all of these batteries and equipment into your infrastructure and how much power and demand that's going to require, right? Without our TOA system, you'd have to overbuild your system to accept that peak demand power just at that point in time to charge everything. What our device does is it says, hey, we're gonna allow you, we're gonna pull the max 16 amps out of your circuit, out of your 20 amp circuit, and we're gonna give you that 24 seven, right? So you literally can plug it. And once the batteries kind of charge up, they start dropping off and they'll say, hey, you got enough headroom in your circuit and it'll turn on all the other outlets that are connected to our PDM. So what's nice about that is you can get one, one dedicated circuit and you can potentially have 16 outlets on it so it can charge 16 of those batteries off of one dedicated circuit right because the challenge isn't necessarily i've got to charge this battery for 12 hours it's like i got to charge this battery for two hours but i can only charge so many at once through one circuit and our solution has been a combination of extension cords going to yep. other circuits right and yep. Yep. overbuilding our infrastructure to handle this electric equipment rollout that we have been employing at K&D. Well, yeah. with your product, I think this is something as landscapers get involved heavily with electric equipment, you may not even realize the challenge until you get halfway in or you're already trying to charge these batteries and you're realizing, oh man, I didn't think about the infrastructure side. So yep. how can... As, as you go to roll out electric equipment in a landscape company or another type of a trade industry, what are some of the, you, you mentioned kind of the, the barrier of the upfront costs and charging the batteries and how can a company get ahead of these challenges, whether it's talking with you or, or other professionals in the industry, what are, what are some ways that we can think ahead as we start to roll out electric equipment? Well, I think the first thing you, you want to do is um, understand what your power requirements are. Right. And, uh, you know, just take, hey, how many batteries are we going to need? How many batteries are we going to uh, need to kind of get throughout the day and calculate what that power need is. Right. And from there, you can then back do the math and say, calculate how many batteries am I charging? How much time of the day do I have? And then from there, you can kind of estimate what you need from a power requirement. The difference now is with our TOA PDM is that you can calculate that based off of that one outlet charging, you know, from whatever your charge time is. Like, let's say you guys come in at three o'clock in the afternoon and you come back around at seven in the morning, you have that many hours of charge time, right? Mm -hmm. And you're utilizing that throughout the time. My belief in, is that in the future, as more and more things go battery, you know, vehicles, other equipment, electric bikes, you, know, you name it, all these things that are going towards battery, 
the infrastructure is just not going to be enough, especially here in California, to support all of that. So right. one thing that you'll see happen is that the the only way they're going to be able to regulate that better is that they're going to start charging you higher rates during peak periods, and they're already doing that now, right? So another great thing about our device is you, you could say, hey, let's say the peak time of charging goes down at 8 or 9 o'clock in, in the evening. You can then plan for that and set these things to start charging at that time, right? So now you can take advantage, of again, of the lower rates and take advantage of the cycle time uh, or the charge time that you'd have to significantly reduce the amount of power you're going to need to charge all these products. Nice. Nice. And that seems like it's going to continue to be a challenge. Like you said, probably moving from the West coast, moving East where California is on the move. And yeah. I think most of us in the industry have heard, I know in California, we all know really well, this whole transition to electric equipment, this mandate that's going into place at, at the beginning yeah. of 24. Can you speak to that just a little bit to give our listeners some background? What, what's going on in California? just from a quick high level standpoint. Yeah, so in 2024, what they're basically saying, I believe the threshold's 24 horsepower, 25 horsepower, anything lower than that in the small engine side of the equation is gonna be banned from California. So anything with a manufacturing date of January 1st, 2024, you, the manufacturers will no longer sell it to a California dealer and California dealers are no longer able to sell a product with a production date beyond that date. So what that's doing now is we're seeing two things happening right now. One is some landscapers are avoiding this and trying to stay away from this transition as hard as they can. And they're loading up on gas, right? And just bulking up and storing all this gas product. And then you have the other people that are embracing it and trying to integrate it into their solution, right? And, you know, my, my advice is just get started, right? Like adapt, right? This is going to happen and there's benefits to it, right? Like if you could start a job an hour earlier because of the noise is so much quieter, would that be a benefit to you as a landscaper, right? Or, uh, you know, and, and does that give you a competitive advantage over your competition, right? Can you make more time out of your day? Because now you can go after HOA businesses because they have a lot more people working at, the, at, at home now. Now you'd be able to start earlier and not have that noise issue happen, you can get to be, a, it's, it could be a core differentiator for you as a business, right? And yeah. I think when we were marketing this product, everyone's, you know, the argument you will always lose is if you try to say, hey, this battery power will replace your gas. We never use that argument. Uh, at Gardenland, our argument is this is just another necessary tool in your toolbox, right? And if you have this tool in your toolbox, you can then do these other things, right? And you will start seeing where the ROI for that kind of thing will, will really pay itself off, right? And in the case of a hedge trimmer, for example, it doesn't take much battery to run a hedge trimmer all day. And there's really no reason to have a gas hedge trimmer if you have a battery power hedge trimmer. It's just as strong. The performance is just as good. And you don't have the fumes in your, in your worker's face, right? And it's much quieter. And the battery technology is there where it can have the performance of gas. In those cases, you really don't need a gas hedge trimmer, right? a handheld right. gas blower. You really don't need a handheld gas blower if you've got a battery blower, right? And w once someone uses an electric handheld blower, there's really no reason to go to a gas one, right? And you'll see these things happen as people get more and more acceptable and, and, and used to using battery technology. And then they start learning things like, hey, you know what, runtime wasn't as big of an issue for me as, as the past because it's really trigger time. As soon as I turn the unit on, that's when the clock starts counting on battery. 
where a lot of people with gas, they could be running it and having it idle. And they're thinking that, oh, I have two hours of is what I need for a blower when the reality is really I need one hour trigger time, right? So you start learning all these things um, about battery products and learning how to adapt to it and just modify your workflow behavior that makes it much more effective. But think of the gas savings, think of now the maintenance savings, you know, and just uh, uh, being in the landscaping side, you, you know all the challenges you have with the maintenance of equipment, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a big pain for us. Always down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's always it's always down, and invariably your guy doesn't mix the fuel properly, right? Invariably you're blowing, you're clogging mufflers, you're having carburetor issues, and you just can't be, you can't do your job, right? Well, the battery tool, you just pick it up and go, right? There's not much to that, right? So I think there's you, you'll clearly see applications and uses for battery products that are going to make total sense and are going to fit right into your workflow and give you the ROI that's much more beneficial than the current gas stuff. That's actually one of the things that I wanted to ask mostly about was uh, maintenance, disposing of these batteries once they, you know, hit their lifespan and, and all of that. Can you speak a little bit like maintenance costs, like how exactly how it's different and then also to the disposal side of things? Sure. So on, as for garden land, um, our battery business is now roughly 35% of our total business. We've calculated now for on the dealership side, for every million dollars that we drive in battery sales, we actually lose in labor and parts because there's a lot less maintenance involved and you don't have the residual uh, service that you'd need for gas products, right? So we've seen that trend at the dealership level, which would then translate also on the landscaper side, uh, that you will see significant less maintenance requirements and needs on the battery side. Right. You have no belts and pulleys. You have no mechanical pieces that need lubrication and oil. Right. So those are definitely things that you'll benefit from on the maintenance side. Typically, what we see on a ZTR, for example, uh, it's not unreasonable to have a thousand dollars to twelve hundred dollars a month in, in maintenance and gas costs for a ZTR. Right. And what we find on the on the on the battery side that it, you can get it down to about two or three hundred bucks. Right. So it's almost a 5x savings on the maintenance and labor side um, and gas uh, between a battery and a gas tool, especially wow. in, a, in a ZTR product. And not just the cost of the maintenance, but it's the the act of going and dropping it off at the shop yeah. and then having having your team work on it and then picking it back up. And what do you do in between? It's yep. a pain for us when we're talking maintenance crews that have routing down to the minute of how long they have to be at every site. And then all yeah. of a sudden they don't have the mower they need or they have a spare or they are going by the shop. I'm sure you see a lot of crews come by and there's three guys in the truck and they're there for a half an hour and they're probably, you know, talking about whatever's going on in the football yeah. game that weekend. And <laughs> yeah. so it's not just yeah. the, the dollar saved, it's also the time saved. And that, that yeah. seems to be a huge bonus as well. Yeah. Yeah. You bring a good point. Like people don't realize the cost of just, having people go to the gas station and having to fill up, right? Fill up all their tanks and fill up all their, you know, whatever they need to, to fuel everything in their business. So it, there's a significant amount of costs that people don't, they just take for granted today using gas that they haven't yep. factored in, you know, when, when you're doing a direct gas to fuel a battery comparison, kind of educating consumers and customers that, you know, you're in some ways you're prepaying your fuel, you're prepaying your maintenance ahead of time, 
and and there's much more costs that you've got to really make sure that you put in, including opportunity cost, uh, when considering the conversion from gas to battery. Yeah, I've got some follow up on that too. And and before I get to those questions, I did want to just ask and clarify. So the ban for electric equipment, or sorry, the ban for gas equipment is going into place for anything manufactured January first, twenty twenty four. Realistically, as inventories move through the supply chain from the manufacturer warehouse to places like Gardenland and, and then are sold to the client or the contractor, when do you foresee the the last pieces of, of gas equipment being available for, for contractors? Is this a year? Is this two years? I'm trying to put a realistic time frame to it for, for people listening. Kind of the feeling that I'm kind of, or what my thoughts are on it is that most of our manufacturers have said that we can access gas because it was made prior to the January 1st, 2024 production date, that they would have adequate supply for the next six to eight months, right? Okay. Um, what what that means is, um, you know, that's what they probably have forecasted for production. I'm sure they planned and overbuild uh, for, you know, in anticipation of this change. Uh, but at the same token, there are a lot of people that are bulking up and loading up mm -hmm. on products that may really skew that number. But it's it's clear on the manufacturing side that they ha all have a definite hard cutoff and that they will stop selling gas products in California, which, yeah. which I've never, you know, in all our years of doing this, have not seen it come to that point. I didn't either, honestly. And yeah. I always, it's crazy. I, I'm, it's crazy, right, Maggie? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of government, government forced change and innovation. I, I think as a, as an economy, the United States is a pretty good job of moving our progress forward just through capitalism and, and trying to improve, but yep. it is what it is. And, and we're placed in a situation where you might as well embrace it and utilize it as an opportunity to grow. You know, Maggie, as you look at this from, from a, you're just from a software standpoint, you're selling software to clients and your interaction with contractors are a little different than Richard's, but you both service the contractor realm. Maggie, what are some questions and, and concerns that come to you as you look at California's ban on gas powered equipment coming from St. Louis? I'm sure you're scratching your head yes. at the California lawmakers. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> well, it's obviously the one thing that's constant in the world is change. And so I can't say that something like this is huge surprise to us here in Missouri, but in Missouri, like this is such a far out type of thing. Um, you know, we always say, Justin and I always make the joke that there's a California and then there's the rest of the country as far as innovation. Yeah. But we did have a, another guest on the podcast, Austin Hall from an organic lawn care company. And you know, he uses a lot of electric equipment. They're up in Chicago. So it's getting closer and closer. And I see I see the benefits of it for sure. I also know this industry and I know how hard-headed people are in this industry. So having this big of a change, I feel like it's not going to be something that's welcomed completely with open arms. But again, this is me just making assumptions. And I also see people trying to skirt around the the regulations and the laws so like what stops people from going across the border and getting stuff and bringing it back and i don't know i i'm interested to see where it comes out but yeah richard do you have any take on that have you, do you talked to people who are resistant to the change 
Oh yeah. I, I get a lot of resistance um, to it and, you know, people do, do cross the border and they do, do those things. And I, I think it's, I think you just got to learn to figure out a way to make it adapt and work for your workflow. And like I said, there are applicable types of jobs and situations where battery stuff really makes a lot of sense. Right. And the ROI really makes a lot of sense. And when you look at it as a complementary strategy to what you do today, uh, it really can benefit your business. Right. Uh, the lack of noise, the lack of emissions. I mean, those are great things to have and be environmentally conscious. Um, and if you can find a scalable way to charge everything and a scalable way to, to, to you know, to afford it. Right. With these exchange programs and incentives like that. Um, I think there's, it, it warrants its place. And my advice would be just, just don't, don't fight it. Just figure out a way to make it work where it's applicable to you in your business. And like I said, there's yeah. lots of HOAs that want you to not have noisy equipment and you can start earlier, right? There's a lot of corporate buildings where you can go right up to the office windows and start your job now an hour earlier because you don't hear the loud noise of gas, right? And and there are certain tools that there's no reason really to use a gas hand tool anymore because most of the battery products are just as powerful, if not more powerful than your gas tools. So, you know, it, my advice is just look at it as, an, as an, another tool in your toolbox, right? Yeah. And another tool for you yeah. to do your job more effectively, right? I, I already see it in my Aspire mind over here. I already see the equipment module of Aspire being built out with, you know, chart where all my batteries are charged at you know yeah. <laughs> and like how much they've been used and they have a <laughs> yeah so I, I see the innovation for the future it's again it's, it's a big change for the industry for sure yeah no I, I and i'm glad you brought that point up because that's part of our solution as well is that you know we have a a, a master device that then controls all of the pdms that you can then give visibility to how much power you're consuming right when things are charged how much is left to charge you can get a really good read an understanding of um, what you're really using and what it's truly costing you, right? And I think that's going to be, as you progress in this transition, those data points will be even more important um, and will be more important to how you effectively manage your business um, and your and your profitability of your business. Yeah, it's all connected. And at yeah. the end of the day, what I always talk to my sales team about is we're not out there trying to sell the fact we can cut grass better or trim the hedges better or pull the weeds quicker than the competition. Because mm -hmm. frankly, there's a guy out there who's a owner operator and he's probably going to do a better job than some of our teams are going to do because it's his name on the truck and he's out there every day. We're a larger company with scale. We have employees all over Northern California. So we cannot sell strictly on quality. Now, of course, we're going to deliver the best quality service we could possibly give. But at some point, there's going to be a time where we're not going to be the highest quality option on the market. But what we can speak to is we can speak to innovation. We can speak mm -hmm. to raising the bar and delivering new products and new opportunities to our clients before our competition. And I think this whole electrical movement is one of many movements in our industry, right? You've got software technology, you have the organics movement. And then, of course, mm -hmm. this electric revolution, if you will. Yep. And I can speak from experience of going into an HOA boardroom. Hey, here's our presentation. Here's why you should pick us. And I'm not going to talk about all this great stuff and the, the history of our company. I'm just going to talk about one thing that pisses everybody off in an HOA, and it's the blowers. Yep. 
And yeah. most landscape companies who maintain HOAs love their blowers and they have a lot of trigger time. Yep. So that's right. <laughs> my first pitch is I'm going to eliminate all gas blowers. I'm going to eliminate all gas handhelds. The only gas equipment you're going to see on the site, mowers and trucks. Because as you said, Richard, I'm going to go for the low hanging fruit. I would love to go all gas on our mowers, but that's a huge investment and something we're trying to do over time. So for this site, I'm going to just go all handhelds and you're not going to see anything gas out there except the mower and the, and the vehicle that is pulling, pulling the, the truck around. Yeah. So no, it, make, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you can do that as a contractor and, and pitch that idea, what I have found is most HOAs and even corporate facilities will select your bid over others, even if it's a little more expensive because you're delivering something that the com competition can't offer. Have you yeah. seen that type of pass through when talking to other contractors? Absolutely. Benefit? Yeah, absolutely. We, we deal with several landscape companies that are very innovative. Uh, one company, you know, he, he started with a couple trucks at Envirovues, hundred uh, percent, all gas, non-gas products, all battery on his truck. Mm -hmm. And he's been very innovative in coming up with, you know, a trailer system that's charging as well as, you know, uh, one that he can bring to his clients is a hundred percent gas free. And he's been able to really make a, a mark out here in the Bay area, uh, with his unique offering. Right. And, and I, th I think when you, when you learn to make it work with your current workflow, you can then plan it and strategize it, how it fits in your workflow that makes you more efficient, right. And makes you more unique, um, because you can offer this kind of service, right? When you look at the future, you talk about connectivity, software, and, and being more efficient, organics, you know, autonomous is another category, right? Battery, right. and being able to leverage labor and, and do the things that you normally have to hire somebody to do, uh, that they can now, you can repurpose that labor to now do more purposeful work. Um, so it's not replacing them, it's just repurposing them in a way that they can add higher value services to your company. Right. And I, I think the other thing you got to understand is what's important about our TOA product is that we're trying to take existing infrastructure and leveraging the max out of it. Right. Like getting the most out of it, because a lot of people don't own their properties. Right. Like I have lots of landscapers that live in apartment complexes. I have, you know, lots of them that rent homes. Right. I have lots of landscapers that don't own their yard properties. Right. So imagine if you have to invest all this infrastructure to put in new circuits and to charge everything. Right. Uh, or in some cases, you don't you don't even have that ability to bring in that extra power. Like, how are you going to do it? Like, how are you going to manage charging everything? And, and I think that's where finding scalable solutions that can be modularized, that can grow with your business are really, really important. Right. And that's really what we try to do with TOA. It's a universal product offering that works with any brand. Uh, and we try to make it modular so you can add more as you need more and you can scale it up and down uh, depending on what your business needs are. Say someone was looking to make this pivot, Richard, and to you know, take on this big endeavor, switching over their whole fleet to battery powered. What would this what would the process look like working with TOA? So what would you evaluate their current situation? Kind of give me a little background on what you look like as a partner. So what we typically do is we say, give us an inventory of what you have in your trailer. Right. And typically we see a ZTR. They're going to have a hedge trimmer, a line trimmer, you know, a, hand, a handful of things of uh, handheld tools. Uh, and we typically then just say, okay, based off of that and based off of what your daily runtime is for your guy on the, on the job, 
what are you going to need for power, right? So we calculate what that number looks like. And then from there, we based off of, and then it's just a matter of how much power do you have in your wall and how much power are you going to be able to utilize throughout your charging cycle or your charging time um, to figure out what you're going to need from an infrastructure standpoint, right? And from there, we'll then kind of put together a uh, portable situation too. They might, another part of our solution is our expandable power stations. So there are many basically solar generators that you can put in your trailer and we, you can basically scale it up as you need it. So our current solution is a 3000 watt power bank or power station, and you can add 2,500 watt expansion packs to it. And you can add up to six of them. So you potentially you can have an 18 KW battery system on your trailer, um, which is almost like a home backup generator, um, but you can scale it up and down to what you need. And you can then have then you can actually technically reduce the amount of batteries that you'd have to take on the job to get out throughout the day because you, now you have this mobile power solution. Mm. Um, so that that's where I would start. I would just say, look, he, here's where, like Justin's example, right? I'm only going to have all handheld. Then just calculate how many handheld tools you got, how many batteries you're going to need based off the runtime. And then we'll give you then, this is what you're going to need to charge it, right? And then Justin, we might come back and say, here's what you should do on the mobile power side. So if you did that, you can reduce your batteries by 30% or 40%, right? Uh, and then you say, hey, I want to just be able to back my trailer in, plug one plug into my trailer and charge everything on my trailer so I don't have to constantly remove the batteries to get them charged. We can do that too. We can set it up with our TOA PDM charging system with our uh, expandable power station and connect that as well one connected system, right? So literally all you have to do is back up your trailer, plug one 30 amp outlet in there, uh, and in the morning, you'll charge everything up, including your portable power station. So you have power throughout the day. Yeah, that that solution is huge when we talk about partnerships because yeah. electric equipment transitions. I know for us and our team, we're so busy just doing our job of landscaping. It's hard to step away from the day-to-day -to, -day to talk strategically about equipment. Yeah. Because yeah. historically, you've got the big names out there that you buy from and yeah. you know the equipment. This yeah. new transition brings with it a lot of challenges. And one of them is how does a fleet manager know how to set up a trailer? How do they know how much batteries they need? How do they know what brand to go with? And so Richard, it sounds like you guys over at TOA are providing more than just a product. You guys are providing a service beyond the product. And can you talk a little bit about when you go to pick a brand or you're trying to figure out which brand to buy? Is that something you can help contractors with? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, the biggest challenge I see on the battery side is it's it's a game right now. Like every manufacturer is pushing hard, right, to win the, basically win the, the game of being the brand that they lock you into, right? Because everyone doesn't want to carry three different, four different manufacturer brands on their truck with different batteries and different chargers. Right. And really, that's the vision of TOA is to create a universal solution that can help you scale this uh, in a way that you, you're not necessarily locked into a particular brand. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges right now. Everyone is trying to sell you a platform. Um, and if you look at the investment, it's huge because you got to do all their batteries. And the bottom line is they may have the best ZTR, but maybe they have the, they have the worst handheld tools. Right. Yep. And vice yep. versa, you know, and they, they could have the best blower product that you like, yet it's a different battery platform. So they end up locking you out from that product. And to me, that's fundamentally core 
difference from gas products, right? For gas products, you had people that bought their PV770, that's their favorite blower. So they buy that, they buy this, you know, they buy their steel line trimmer because that was their favorite line trimmer. They can mix and match their equipment based off of what they like and what's best for them, right? Yeah, and I think very, very few contractors have the same brand from yeah. from the handhelds all the way up to the big mowers. Yeah, so exactly. I don't see anyone with that model. So what you're yeah. saying is you can get the results of the hedge trimmer, of the steel hedge trimmer you really like or the steel line trimmer you love. And all you have to do is switch out the gas motor for, and you have this solution. You have a power plant that's all electric that can go in, transition onto that cutting you know, machine and you're often running as an electric equipment. That That's one of the products you offer, right? That's correct, yeah. And really what we did was we try to use it as an easy way to convert people from gas to battery, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is the guy shows up with his line trimmer and it doesn't run, right? Nine, I'd say 75% of our service issues with two-cycle equipment is fuel-related, right? Particularly here in California because we add ethanol to our fuel, it's not uncommon to have a clog muffler because they mixed the fuel wrong or they didn't mix it right and they burned their engine out. And now they're looking at doing a major tune-up on this product and it's $150. Well, you can convert that $150 now to our universal powerhead and basically convert your tool um, with our powerhead, which is $150 retail, plus you buy a battery with it. You're at 300 something dollars versus buying a whole new tool at 700 bucks, right? For a line trimmer. So, yeah. and, and what happens is they're already used to that that gas tool. So mm -hmm. the conversion is really easy. Like they're like, it's already used to it. It's got more power, more torque than the original gas engine. Uh, and it's such an easy conversion tool. So that that's, we try to really just lower the barrier there. Um, but I think what the other things that we do as Gardenland is that we try to offer programs. So we have a, a pro power program that we offer. And instead of you having to say, all right, we have to make a decision if we're gonna go with one brand or the other. And then you got to look at all the investment that you'd have to do to, to switch to that complete platform. Our pro power plan basically says you just pay us a, a monthly fee and you can have access to the tools that you want. Right. You, and it may be a mixture of a brand or a mixture of tools and you're just part of that program. And if you decide, Hey, I don't like it. I want to switch. You can easily switch out of it. Right. So you're wow. we're addressing that initial problem of high capital cost of conversion. We're addressing that with our pro power program. That's such a great option too, just for the conversion side of things, but also for yeah. the startup landscaper, um, yeah. people who don't have a lot of cash flow in the beginning. And as we know right now in, in the world, cash is tight. So that's a great option for, for anyone looking to start a business. Yeah. My question though, my next question, Richard, though, is for you is what does the future look like for TOA? So you're always ahead of the game. It seems like you you jumped into this, pioneered this right off the bat. So what does the future look like? What do you guys have up your sleeves? Really, we, we, we just want this technology to be universally available to everyone, right? Like we want the technology to help people transition and do it in a cost-effective way, right? And we don't want to, we want to create a, a, an opportunity that allows them, allows people to have choices, right? And not be locked into one, said platform right um and i think the future for us is continuing to go after our distribution manager products right um, as we expand as more and more products go battery we're going to need higher capacity charging 
Um, so our future tools will embrace that higher voltage, higher amperage charging solution. Um, the portability of power, I think, will become more and more important. Um, so again, we'll continue to expand on our portable power solutions um, and, and continue to do that as well. Uh, and then the really the next piece of it is just adding that stickiness to the customer by giving them information and data that allow them to be much more efficient in their job, right? And provide more insights, data insights that can help them manage their job better, right? And be yeah. more cost-effective. So that, that's, that. we, yeah, so, we're, you know, we kind of see this partnership, but really about partnership with the right people um, to help not only offer our technology to partners, but also to partner with people to, to come up with a complete ecosystem that helps them do their job better, right? Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, the last component I really see missing, and I don't really see a lot of manufacturers addressing it, and you kind of brought it up a little earlier, Maggie, was the recycling and repurposing of all these batteries. Like, if you ask vendors this question, they all give you some, you know, not so detailed answer, right? We're working <laughs> on it. We're working on it. We got it in place, right? But it's never there, right? It's not a tangible thing, right? And I think that's that's another component of where TOA may look to see, is there opportunities for us to immediately tell you, hey, guess what? You know, your battery that you normally charge is usually pulling this every day or you, you pull in your trailer. And it's not doing that today. So it might alert you then that there's something going on or there's something might be wrong, right? And to catch those things, to create things where we can be proactive and make sure that they're addressing, you know, low battery cell issues or discharge cells issues that, we can address these safety issues ahead of time, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so those, uh, that's kind of how I see the evolution of TOA. Um, better partnerships, good partnerships with manufacturers, software companies, uh, expanding our product mix uh, in our power management, in our portable power stations, as well as our universal conversion kits. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's kind of where I see the future of where we're going. Any plans to advance the solar side of things? Yeah, I mean, we, we like our portable power stations do have solar panels with them. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, we just haven't found enough capacity, especially as you go into these higher capacity, you know, needs that down the road, um, mm -hmm. that you're going to be able to harness enough power out of those solar panels, uh, where you see a lot of manufacturers are going more DC to DC charging to help address the speed of charge. And I think it's going to be more about having power available to you and being able to maximize that power to get whatever you need to do throughout the day charged and ready to go to let you do your job. Right. And right. I think I'm not sure solar can cover that. It's still an unknown. It, it might just be a percentage of the charge, yeah. but we'll see where that takes us. I'm, I'm more interested in this whole idea of moving from your existing fleet going electric without having to buy a bunch of batteries, having to buy a bunch of new power plants. So for those folks listening, Richard, how far in geographic services are you guys? Do you have to be in Northern California in the Bay Area to enjoy your services? Or are you guys expanding geographically uh, now or in the future? Yeah, so that is pl our plan on the garden land side is to expand our services. Mm -hmm. um, one one of the things we offer for Gardenland is our, our locker system, and it's a two-way okay. hub system. So you can pick up and drop off, 
right? Which is unique. So if you have equipment and you're part of our pro power plant, for example, and you have a unit that goes down, you literally can just throw it in or drop it off in our locker. It notifies us that, hey, you've got a unit there. And then we, you just come back to our locker and pick up a new one, right? Nice. Um, so we're looking at an expansion program that encompasses this locker system, right? So that allow us to expand without necessarily having to physically get new locations and build out. You know, you might be a landscape company that has four or five branches that are located around you. We might deploy a centralized locker system for you. You might be a school district that has 20, 30 sites and you got your stuff all over the campus. Well, you can now have a centralized charging location uh, where we can use this locker exchange hub for you. Right. So those are things that, yeah. So those are things that we're trying to do to expand our presence. But again, it comes to partnerships. We're looking for partnerships that can help us offer this solution to other people and, and do it in a way that it's a universal, right? Like we're offering it to everyone so that everyone can have access to the technology, access to the, the eco the environment of it and the, and, the, and the total solution versus trying to lock people up into one brand. Yeah, the, the brands right now, we've been demoing a lot just to see what's out there. And all they all say the same thing. This is good, but we're working on something even better next year. Just wait till yeah. next year's rollout. And, and it's right. that wholesale of buy into our brand, buy into our ecosystem and and stay there. But I, I, yeah. I've never been one to put all my eggs in one basket anyway. So I like I like where you're going. And, and for those listening, you heard it. Richard's looking for more partners. If you are interested in innovation, you're looking to expand your services wherever you are, there may be an opportunity to be the hub for that market area. And what a way to compete against your competitors is by being more innovative and bringing on the electric equipment renovation or innovation, should I say, for your market. Uh, so if you're, you're out there listening and you're thinking about this and you're thinking about this might be a solution for you. And Richard, I would say too, if, if folks are listening that are, dist- or should I say distribution warehouses or kind of like your garden land, you sell battery powered equipment or you sell gas powered equipment. And this transition is catching you off guard. Sounds like Richard, you're ahead of the curve and and that might be worth reaching out. If, if folks did want to reach out to you, Richard, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Um, the best way is you can get a hold of me at info at toatools.com uh, or just richard.ogawa at toatools.com uh, or on our website, www tools.com we do have a, an inquiry button that you can inquire on uh, but nice. we're all about trying to get our technology and our solution out there to help landscapers do their jobs more effectively and do it in a way that's a lot easier you know to to adopt right like i mean the, the significant cost to do battery is so expensive uh, but if you can lower that barrier through flexible business model you know, learning how to integrate it into your current workflow. Uh, I think you'll immediately see some key benefits out of it that you can really use to help differentiate your business as well as uh, be more cost-effective, right? And um, I I think as you do that, um, you can get the best of both worlds in your solution. Awesome. And we'll put those links in and emails into the show notes too. Uh, Maggie, what do you got going on? What are you thinking as we talk all about (laughs) this one electric equipment stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I actually already sent his information to our partnerships managers over here at Aspire to work on something. So don't be surprised if they're hitting you up. But yeah, as we wrap up the show today, one thing that we always like our guests to come on and share with us is what we like to call trade secret. So something that you've learned through your time at the trade, through the trades, 
can't find it in a book, can't read it in a magazine. So what is your trade secret that you'd like to share with our listeners today? I, I think the, the big buzzword that you hear today is AI, right? Artificial intelligence. Well, AI, what that means to me is not artificial intelligence. It means adapt and innovate, right? Like learn to adapt your business to the market changes that are going on. Innovate, add, look for technologies and, and solutions that can help you innovate your services and your products to create this adaptability of your business to your customers. And I think that this is a perfect opportunity where a lot of people are getting out of the game now because they don't want to adapt and innovate and they want to get out of the business. It's a perfect time for you to grow and expand, right? And uh, I think it's a, you know, it's again, AI for us is adapt and innovate. And as you do that, um, you will just be, you're going to create that level, level of stickiness with your customer uh, that adds a lot of value. Uh, that will help you continue to thrive and build your customer relationships beyond, you know, any kind of other solution, right? Um, yeah. if, if, they're, if they're customers that don't appreciate that added value of service that you provide, they're not your good customers. Go, go look for the right customers that value and appreciate that layer of service that you're adding in there. But you have to learn yeah. to adapt and you have to learn to innovate and, and be, be there when the market changes and be there as the customer needs change. And I think that's really, yeah. really critical that you're able to pivot your business to fit those needs, especially now. Nice. Very true. Yeah. And it's, yeah. no, it's no doubt that your adaptability and innovation is leading the way, especially in, in the landscape that you're in right now in California. So great advice there. Yeah. yeah. And Richard, I'm excited to see what's to come from, from you at, at Toa and Gardenland and your whole family and team that are behind yeah. you. You definitely live the idea of innovation and, and adapting. You're one of the best in the industry to do it. And I'm excited that you're in my backyard. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm selfishly yeah. very you're lucky, lucky that you're 45 <laughs> minutes away from us. And yeah. we are we are excited to continue to adapt and, and innovate. And I, I hope our listeners take that with them as, as they leave this episode around what is one thing in their business that they can innovate, just one small change that may lead, lead to a very big change. And appreciate you sharing that with us today. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you guys uh, giving me the opportunity to speak on your show and really hope that uh, it can help people. And again, don't hesitate to reach out. And I'm happy to show you what we're doing here at Gardenland. And if it's something that could be replicated other places, we're happy to help with that. Fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, Richard. All, All right, right, guys. Have a great day. Guys.